Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Funny Business Podcast. Yes, you heard that right. It is Funny Business Time, and I am one of your hosts, Mike Gambita. And alongside next to me is one of my best friends. I call him my roommate for life. Please welcome Mr. Matt Summers to the new podcasting world. Matt, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and uh, being the soundboard. <laughs> you know, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, you know, something we talked about doing for a while. So I'm glad we can finally uh, put it into motion. Absolutely. Now, Matt, I, I kind of, this first episode is obviously going to go all hilter kilter because this is obviously our first yep. episode. And I wanted to ask you before, but I felt like it was kind of funny to ask you now, should we curse in this podcast? I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> how but, about, how know, about this? How about this? There's no see you next Tuesdays. There's no yep, F-bombs. Yep, yep. And nothing that's racially derivative or... Uh, uh, all right. All right. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I think that's a good guideline. Yeah. Go all right. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, if you're still tuned in and listening, um, the Funny Business Podcast is really going to consist of funny business. And, and I kid you not, it is funny business. Um, Matt and I have certainly been in touch with each other for quite some time. And we like a good story, but we also like sports too. And we thought, why not put it together? So um, in the first half of this podcast, you'll hear a lot about just some normal things that we'll talk about. And then um, we'll throw it over to Matt for sports. So um, obviously what was influenced by this uh, podcast itself, and of course the introduction of this is of course our stay-at-home order, also known as quarantine, also known as COVID-19, or also known as the coronavirus. And also known as the worst time uh, ever. Yes, really, almost almost known as the worst time ever. Um, yeah. Luckily, today, there was a uh, an announcement that went out. So both of us are from Pennsylvania. I won't know specifically, but um, we actually got the order yesterday that liquor stores will now be reopening back up. So, Matt, I think you and I are pretty happy by now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we my dad's been, like, driving to, to Jersey to get some liquor. So, um, you know, whether we can order online or curbside delivery, it's probably still going to be crazy. Uh, I know the website was crashing uh, as people were trying to, Lord. to order their liquor, but uh, you know I think it's a step in the right direction, giving Abs- us some hope. Absolutely, giving us some hope through liquor. And I mean, yes. obviously for me, I mean, I feel like my 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 drink of choice. This obviously is a little bit irrelevant, but um, drink of choice is usually beer, and that that has been for yeah. the most part. But wine on a good night too is also fantastic. And Matt, I don't know if you're still stocked up with the the Finger Lakes wine from uh, your trip. I got one bottle left. Okay, uh, I'm becoming a big wine guy. Um, but you know, it's just nice to know that we can like uh, have some options while we're stuck at home. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of the 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 sane person going with a strict Miller Lite. And Matt, I, I kind of have to make a confession on on our first episode of Funny Business Podcast um, is the fact that you told me a little while ago. So obviously not recently, but but a long time ago that you said that Bud Light Orange is seasonal. Yes, it is. So it's usually from like April to like I'm gonna say October. I think I've seen it in in stores in October. So why why have I been able to still buy Bud Light Orange in January and February and March? That's, if you find the answer, let me know because I can't <laughs> find it here unless Lehigh Valley's just got a bunch more alcoholics than you guys do, which might be true. But uh, yeah, well, at least the first year it came out here was seasonal. Maybe they changed it since then. Because yeah, well, I, I, I hope they do. Because my my girlfriend Jenna and I were like going around Weiss and and picking up beer, and I'm like. Matt said these were seasonal, and Jenna's like, I, I don't believe him. <laughs> so Maybe like, it got so popular that they changed it, I hope. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, the Bud Light Limes are, are not a big thing for me. No. but no, The lemon tea is pretty good. Now, now, you had those. I haven't had yes. Bud Light teas yet. Yes. Yeah. I think they're both, both the orange and the lemon tea are definitely better in a bottle. Uh, the cans are still good, but for some reason, they just taste like... Ten times better in a bottle. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've certainly moved from the fact. So, um, when when I started, you know, buying alcohol, that sounds like I'm a 21 year old. But <laughs> but but when I started, you know, consistently making sure the fridge was stocked with some type of alcohol, I used to go with Miller Lite bottles, like glass mm-hmm. bottles. But now I've yep. moved on to the cans, and I'm still very satisfied with the product. I mean, it's Miller Lite. You can't go wrong with Miller Lite. Yep. So if yep. you're listening, Miller Lite. 
looking for a sponsor, please let us know. But <laughs> um, but but certainly it's it's been a an interesting ride, at least for staying indoors and that. And, and I'm sure you know you have obviously you kind of have a little bit. I don't want to say you have it worse, but obviously you have a little bit more um, staying at home in an unusual aspect than I do. So I kind of want to hear what your thoughts are and and kind of what your experience has been. Yeah, it's it's been a challenge. I mean, uh, being laid off for the time being has been a little tough, and having to file for unemployment was just an absolute mess. I had no idea what I was doing, uh, but uh, for now, it's all worked out, and just kind of, you know, running out of things to do. But you gotta remember that uh, the the sooner, uh, or I should say, the better that we stay indoors, and the longer we stay indoors, the sooner we'll be able to go out and go to bars or you know, go golfing, go to a restaurant. I mean, like we get takeout. And the food's good, but it's not the same as, like, going to a restaurant, sitting down with your family and friends, watching a sporting event on TV, having a few beers. Like, that's something that I think we all miss and we all want to get back to, but it's not going to happen if we don't do the right thing. No. You're, hey, it, you're, you're almost sounding like Secretary Rachel Levine right there, being like, stay yeah. home, everyone. But, um, <laughs> you know, Matt, I, I always say that uh, the two most things that I've really taken for granted as far as our normal living situation First one being social gatherings. Like, obviously, I'm an I'm an outgoing person. I'm a very extrovert type of person when it comes to those social gatherings. So that's something I've, of course, been longing for. But the second thing is Amazon Prime shipping with the two-day shipping. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. been awful. It's, it's been a hot mess. <laughs> a hot mess. When we started this podcast, when we, when we started formulating this podcast, it was kind of funny how Matt decided to kind of inch it a little bit further, kind of give it a little bit of a push. He kind of me- he messaged me. He's like, "What type of microphone should I get for a podcast?" And I sent him a link, and then it was like technically it should have arrived like early April. No, it was supposed to be arriving in March, I believe. Right? Was that what was correct? So I I ordered it like middle of March, and then the the delivery date was like April twenty third, which luckily it came before then, so I was able to like get myself familiar with it. But literally, I mean, you're used to Amazon coming in like two days, and then it told me like over a month. So. It just kind of shows like how many people are ordering off Amazon right now. Yeah. I and mean, even for a company that's as big as Amazon, like how they're struggling to keep up. Yeah. I mean, I, I ordered a, an entertainment center. It was really funny how I kept an entertainment center uh, intact for the most part. I, I just moved into a new apartment and uh, I, I figured out the way of me having an entertainment center without spending a lot of money. And it was taking one of those metal steel racks. So it's kind of like a steel like graded rack that you'd usually find with like snacks on it or clothes or you usually find in a common like college dorm. I took that. I also took the uh, TV box that it came with. I put holes in the TV box and I put it on top of the steel rack and it was on the TV. So that was like for my most part, like the two the two poles were sticking up, which was kind of annoying when it came to captions because I had no idea what I mean, obviously, if it was Star Wars, I knew exactly what the person was saying. But yeah. other than that, like having those captions, but I, I just got my entertainment center today at the time of this recording of the podcast. Oh, so there we go. It, it said it was going to take me 20 minutes to figure it out it took me 10 oh i was gonna take the over on that no which certainly believes is a reason why men never look at instructions so <laughs> <laughs> until we go until we're like two hours deep and then we have no choice but to look at instructions but, but. most certainly but uh, matt yeah. i i think one of the things that that we also have been picking up on is obviously this podcast was something that spurred from quarantine but have you yep. done anything else to kind of did you reopen a, a new passion? Did you decide to clean more? Like, what are some things that you've been doing to kind of, you know, keep you at home, but also keep you sane at home? So two things that I've, well, one thing I've been doing, one thing I said I was going to do, uh, I told myself I was going to get in shape this this quarantine. So I downloaded this app and for about a week I did like an ab workout routine every, every day. Uh, I haven't done it in the past two weeks, but I keep telling myself I'm going to get back in back in shape and you know now is the perfect time to do it because you have a little bit more free time uh but other than that i've been working on my golf game uh i go in the backyard i so i go in the backyard and i have like practice targets okay and i have like little practice foam balls i'm not hitting like a driver in my backyard (laughs) obviously um that was what came to my head first (laughs) no no just working on my short game right now and it's come along pretty nice so you know maybe in five years i'll be on the pga tour so you know you never know (laughs) 
You never know. <laughs> Matt will no longer be a, a co-host of this podcast because... Oh, no, uh, we'll still do it. Oh, we'll still do it. <laughs> from the green. From the green. Yep. From the PGA Tour. Yep. From the green. Oh, man. Yeah, I personally, I mean, I, I've picked up my own podcast. So along with this podcast, I picked up with my own other podcast that I've been working on. Um, Growing Pros. It's certainly been growing as, you know, pun intended. Um, It's certainly been growing as time goes on. Um, Been also trying my best into almost kind of reorganizing. So like, obviously, my background is in communications and a little bit more of a digital aspect. So I've been kind of like trying to work on like cleaning up some files, reorganizing some files, because when it comes time to it during the average workday, like I literally just throw pictures, files, Excel sheets, Photoshop files into just one folder and say, okay, this is what it is. So I've been trying to like figure out some more organization. But then on top of that, um, obviously moving in a new apartment, I had to do a lot of organizing. So the first couple weeks of me moving into the apartment was really taking the time to be like, okay, so what do I need to actually make myself feel a little bit of com- comfort at my own apartment now? And it was just hanging up things, hanging up frames, you know, moving some things around with the kitchen and the office. So it's certainly been, uh, you know, a good experience and a good time to move in. However, it is the worst time to move in because I had zero help. Um, I did have nope. somebody, I did have a good friend of mine help me move some heavy stuff. But other than that, it was all just me. So everything was uh, organized, hung, or placed by me. So um, I could certainly take all the credit for that. <laughs> I think that's definitely something a lot of people can really do is trying to straighten up their lives or even straighten up their room. I mean, everyone says they try to keep a clean room. I'd like to think most people are like me and don't keep it a clean room. Um, so now is kind of like the opportunity for them to kind of like get some things in order. Or I think, like you said, keeping your files on your computer. That was literally like one of the first things I did. I opened up my laptop and like I just had, I couldn't see like half my desktop <laughs> just because I had random stuff in places. So I actually made some files and did some organizing. And that's kind of been like one of the better things of quarantine. People actually have, have more time to get some things in their life in order, mm-hmm. whether it's personal or just, you know, some space. Yeah. No, and I know, Matt, you've been um, obviously beside, you know, you have more friends than me. So obviously you haven't been playing Fortnite or, or FaceTiming, calling me and myself, but you've actually been doing some Zoom parties. Yes. Yeah. I think Zoom's uh, definitely buy some stock in Zoom. Uh, their stock's probably gone way up. But uh, yeah, doing, did like two last week and uh, usually try to do like one a week just to like check in on your friends and family. You never know what they're going through, especially in a time like this. Um, so yeah, zoom has been great. Yeah, no, it certainly sounds very, uh, you know, a good thing. Uh, you've done some quiplash quiplash has always been fun and, uh, got, got Kahoot coming up soon next week. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. I've been, I mean, I've been fortunate to, to still be working, um, you know, for very fortunate about that, but I've been certainly, uh, been focusing a little bit more on doing a one live stream a week. So we've been, uh, we're doing game shows once a week. Well, not every game show once a week, but we've been like balancing it between like interviews with people and then like doing game shows and hopefully figuring out some type of educational piece that it's not just going to be me talking about, here's the best way to do leadership. And it's, you know, I, I don't feel very confident and comfortable about that, even though I get told that the leadership capabilities are there. But, um, you know, Matt, I think, uh, you know, just talking about quarantine, I, I think it really evaluates things that are taken for granted. And and I think ultimately, um, you know, whether it's going out to eat, Amazon shipping, social gatherings, I think my, my, my take on this, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm certainly excited to hear yours, is, you know, what's going to happen when this is done? And what exactly is going to be almost like, what's going to be the aftermath of it all? And, you know, I want to hear your take first. I think it's definitely going to be interesting how people interact with one another, like especially in like business meetings. Like, do you shake the person's hand? I think shaking hands is definitely going to take a big hit um, because you you just you don't know, like you don't know if they've washed their hands, you don't know where their hands have been, and you know it's something that was something like so common that we did like every everyday life, and now maybe shaking hands becomes obsolete. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how people interact with each other, especially the first few months afterwards. Now, maybe in three years, people will shake hands again. But I think for the first few months after the quarantine's lifted, I don't think people are really going to want to go near each other. 
if yeah. they don't know them that well. Now, now, Matt, you work, I mean, to, to keep the anonymity of it all, you, you work at a, a baseball stadium. And yep. I think a really big thing that, that will hit is is really a lot of sporting events and a lot of social gatherings that have a little bit more than just 50 people. And especially sports, I mean, baseball is kind of more on a little bit of a timing schedule. It's not like football or, or it's certainly not like basketball. Like, you, it's either going to be nice out or it's raining or even snowing sometimes where you're at. Yeah, I mean, baseball is probably the one sport that has to be played during the spring, summer, and early fall because you just can't play unless they play indoors, which is possible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, basketball, hockey, even football, you can play football in the cold and the hot. You can play it whenever. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, all the sporting leagues and uh, how they deal with fans if in the arena, if they limit it to maybe like a couple thousand or or because you don't know the people that come in if they if they got tested or if they've come in contact with someone who has COVID-19 yeah. you just don't know there's too many uncertainties right now mm-hmm. yeah well I mean we are certainly not health experts so if you came here on this podcast to think what should I do and what advice should I do for myself as far as my health you're totally in the wrong podcast I suggest yep. and, and if you do find out let us know <laughs> But um, speaking of sports, Matt, and, and, you know, we're kind of just moving on to our next segment, uh, you know, with sports, you and I are big sports fanatics, um, you yep. know, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, in my respect. I, I don't know if you're a big soccer fan. Uh, I watch the World Cup. That's about it. All right. Yeah, that's that, that's fair. Um, yep. But but one of the things, Matt, that, um, you know, we're kind of moving in a little bit of more of a, a better segment, I should say, you know, obviously, we I felt like the need to talk about social distancing and staying at home because I feel like that's the reason why we're in this position in the first place of doing a podcast. But um, moving into, you know, some of our, our fun segments, <laughs> fun segments <laughs> <laughs> um, with sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, soccer, even hockey at times, there's always music and there's yep. always a somewhat, it, it gets you pumped, honestly. It, it gets you so pumped. But I kind of wanted to hear your take, Matt. And this is something that is not just strictly if you, you know, we could talk about the certain scenarios and situations, but I kind of want to hear what goes into a walkout theme song. Now, for those at home that don't understand what a walkout theme song is, the best example that I could give is sports related is when a batter in a baseball team decides to walk up to the plate. What music is being played? And usually times when it's major leaguers, they pick that song. So Matt, mm-hmm. start us off. What goes into a walkout song? So the question that I had, is it more of, is it the song or is it your personality? I think it's both. Because because you could be someone who loves country and have country as your walk-up song. But there's a lot of people that would wreck that and say that's a terrible walk-up song because they hate country. Um, so I think it, it more so is your personality. I know with me, it was like thinking of like what would be my ideal walk-up song is kind of tough because like I listen to like almost every genre of music. So there's a lot of songs that I like, but is it a song that's going to get me energized to do what I'm about to do? Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, I, I was more hearing like, so so I it's kind of funny. I've been fortunate to have a walkout song once or twice. Okay. <laughs> like so I, I mean what really gets me is the beat drop. Like the drop that happens in the song. Like it's either an out of the park and I hate using sports terms, but that's it's either out of the park or it's a total flop. Like yep. you know, I, I mean I've used we've used one that we were actually coming in too early on the drop. Like, we should have came in on the drop, but we came in way too early on the drop. And, like, it worked out the way that it did. But, I mean, I'm also looking at it, too, like, from a perspective of, you know, I'm always thinking I have a few. Like, I have a few in my head that I bounce around. Like, if it's something that's dedicated to my family or something like that, my first reaction is Motley Crue for my dad. Like okay, Molly Crew, kick kickstart my heart. Like yep. that's like beyond me as far as that. But you know, I think the biggest exception that I that I would think of is if there's a live band that's playing and that's their song, that's an automatic yes. You want them. Like if Jonas Brothers decided to play Sucker or Cool as my walkout music, I'd be like, yep, sign me up. Yep, just yep. let me do it. So Cool was actually my backup walkup song that I had. That really, would be my number two. That was that would be my number two choice. That's what I had. Yep. Now we got to hear what's your number one. Well, before I get into that, I'll leave some suspense. So we've mentioned walk-up songs with baseball. Yeah. 
but I don't think they're the sport that best does the walk-up songs. Okay. WWE. Oh. <laughs> it has to be the best because if you if you would ask like a kid who their favorite baseball player is, I would bet that they don't know what their walk-up song is. Yeah. If you once you, if you're at a, if watching WWE or you're at you know WrestleMania or Friday Night SmackDown and you hear a song, you know who it is. Yep. Like I think. Like everyone thinks walk up song, they think baseball, but like WWE definitely perfected like mm-hmm. walkout music. Yeah. Especially like, Which I is... mean, we're getting into wrestling here, but like Triple H with his song or The Undertaker or even like throwing it back to like Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock, like those things got me going. Like yes. as a re- as a longtime wrestling fan, like those things, like with Undertaker, for those who don't know, he tries to act as this like, they call him the dead man. But he acts as this like prince of darkness, and I don't want to say he's like goth, but he is goth, and in a way. In yeah, a way. In a way. But the way his music starts, it is a bell toll, and it's a oh, it, it like it gives you, you get chills. You get chills. <laughs> yeah, you do get chills. And, he, like, and I'm not even a big fan of, like WWE, but like I know like half the walk up songs just because like they've been played so much and they're associated with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so certainly like for me like Ultimate Warrior was another one too. I don't know if you're familiar with that yep. one, but like yep. holy smokes, like you know, and and in the sense it really relates to the Ultimate Warrior's personality where he's sprinting down the ring. Like, and that's what he did. And that's what the music, like the tempo of the music was the same as his personality. So Matt, you bring a really good point with the personality side, but now that the suspense is over, I kind of want to hear what your first take is on what your walkout music would be. So I think no matter what I would do, I think it would be Dan Bill's Aaron by T-Pain. <laughs> I think that just be an awesome walk-up song. Cause when I think of a walk-up song, like I personally, I, it's, it's going to be a song that's going to get me pumped up to do what I'm about to do. And every time I hear that song, I just the music, the volume goes up, and I'm just bumping to it. Yeah, I mean that that that's a party song too, especially for you know. <laughs> I, I think we've heard that song one too many times at, at a party, just, once or twice. Just a few, just a few, you know. <laughs> what what would yours be? Um, like I said, I mean, if it, if it's something for my parents, like if my parents are there, it would be Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart. Like yeah. Dad and I used to drive around in the truck, and we used to just blare Eminem. Nickelback at times too, um, yep. when of course he was popular, but now everybody thinks he's like absolutely atrocious. But I don't think he is, to be completely honest. But they have a few good songs. Yeah, no, he has a few good yeah. songs. Um, yep. Or or anything like like I said, Kid Rock. Um, it just just those people have really made such an influence, and like that that, that was a true introduction as far as like me having that opportunity to have um, some type of flavor of music. But, like, it was kind of funny because I never actually, like, picked one. I never had one because I feel like for me, like, I have to pick the group setting. Like, that's always me. Like, I kind of want to tend to the audience. But if I had to pick, like you said, no matter what it was or what it is, um, it would certainly be Levels by Avicii. Like, that is okay, my, that's, that's my that's, ringtone that's on my phone. One. That's my ringtone on my phone. Um, that was the introductory song to our television broadcast when I was in high school. Like, this song has carried so far into my digital career, but the funniest thing is, is I never had once thought that it should have been my walkout music for anything, but, you know, it has a nice beat drop, it has a nice flow, um, you know, especially leading up to the point where the beat drops, so, um, you know, Avicii, rest, rest in peace, it's just like, I feel like that would be my take on who would I want as far as my, my walkout song, but like I said... It really depends on the group and the audience. Like, if it was something like, I mean, I don't know, if it was something like you said, like country, I would jokingly put Old Town Road as my, like, my walkout song. It really, I'm not sitting there and be like, I hate it. Like, even if, like, somebody tells me to walk out to Barbie Girl, I don't think I would be that upset, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, Barbie Girl's maybe stretching the line. I love Old Town Road, so I would choose that as my (laughs) walkout song no matter what. Hey, Matt. But... Yeah. What about Mobamba? No. Next question. <laughs> Why not? Because that is the worst song in the history of songs and music. <laughs> I think it's a good song. No, it's it's no. They don't say anything. They just yell <laughs> profound or obscene <laughs> words, and they don't. There's no no. If you know Stop. Matt, Matt literally is like 
Yeah. He hates Mo Bamba. That's that like the... my 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 uh, my arts nemesis <laughs> in music is Mo Bamba. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is Matt Summers versus Mo Bamba. <laughs> yeah, I'd win ten times out of ten. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I, again, I, I feel like Blinding Lights too by by the weekend. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a good one. Like, that's more of like a newer one. That's yeah, a choice. definitely yep. a newer one too. Um, but even so, like if it's something like me walking out, like let's, I guess it really depends on the venue too. So like, yep. even if like you're, you're sit like, let's just say it's a nice, like 20 group of 20 and a sit down, like tonight show style. Like, I mean, obviously there's more than 20 people, but you get the idea. Like it's not baseball where there's like a stadium filled. It's like a room filled, like something like, I mean, even thinking like Sunday best, which is another new one by the yep. surfaces, like just walking out casually and like digging it. But like, if you're really like running out or anything like that, like I feel like levels for me by Avicii is a really good topic and take on that. That's a good one too. The other two that I had written down, they kind of get used a lot, but they're good ones. Uh, bring them out. Jay-Z. Yes. And uh, Amelie by Lil Wayne. <laughs> I you, think those two, for obvious reasons, like they're going to get you pumped up. Very hard on the rap. Like, I, I've noticed that. Very hard on the rap with you. I, I just, like, for a walk-up song, I like the beat to be, like, pretty good. And I feel like rap's got, like, the best beat. So Certainly. That's kind of my logic behind that. <laughs> well, speaking of Mobamba, I'm going to bring that back up again. Speaking of Mobamba, <laughs> Matt, it seems very uh, traumatic to you as far as the song itself. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> well, Matt, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, in, in the next topic is talking about your worst childhood trauma or your worst childhood memory that I and, and I'm really curious because I know a lot about you, Matt, but I don't know much about your childhood or much about like the young years of Matt. So um, I, I wanted to hear, and this is my perfect opportunity for the podcast, not only for our audience, but for me myself to learn a little bit more about you. But um, what what has been your, your worst childhood, I guess, experience is the best way to put it, the worst childhood experience or the worst trauma you had as a child? So this was a tough one because like I didn't really have anything that stood out at first. Yeah. But we'll, we'll go back to second grade. I think it was second grade. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was either first or second grade. And it was after school hours, and we were playing on the jungle gym, like, right outside the school. Okay. So I don't know if I was doing, like, the monkey bars, or I don't remember if I was, like, running up steps, but somehow I fell and I face-planted, like, on the jungle gym. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> and no, it's it's pretty funny. Like, looking back on it, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, like, I cut, well, not apparently, I cut my lip, Oh. and my face was just, like like, blood everywhere. But, like, all the kids were just, like looking at me like oh my gosh like what do we do like they're in second grade like they don't know what to do with this like blood pouring down my face (laughs) and i was like i wasn't crying or anything i was just like stunned Mm -hmm. i didn't know what to do so i start walking off and one of the parents like saw that i was like (laughs) just goes to take me to my mom and as i'll never forget this till the day i die as i'm walking towards my mom a little kid i'd never saw this kid before walks up to me Hands me his like toy Matsbox car and is like, "Here, you need this more than I do." <laughs> and I, at that moment, I was like, "What is going on right now? Like, am I okay? Like, am I, like I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on because like, I never would expect that to happen." So I ended up having to go to the hospital and I had to get stitches in my lip. Oh my gosh! So the funny part was I couldn't eat like solid food for like three days. So for dinner, I had ice cream. Every kid's dream. I mean, yeah, I ice cream you can't dinner. really go wrong with that. And the stitches popped out that night as I was eating ice cream for dinner. Stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. How- so that was probably the worst day of second grade ever <laughs> that anyone could ever have. <laughs> um, but that's I, I, I'd i have to say that's probably the most traumatic experience I had in my childhood, which I feel like isn't, like, too traumatic. Yeah. I mean, but- like, uh, any injury or any, like, cut, like, you'll hear my mine in a minute, but, like, any, like injury is obviously going to be like really traumatic like and it's almost going to like second guess you um and especially like i mean this is obviously like not an experience but i I got bit by a dog when i was a kid and i never liked dogs for for quite some time it took me i think until about college for me to kind of like and and i know it's embarrassing to say but like it took me about college to kind of like relax and like understand it and and be able to be like okay not every dog's gonna bite you mike so i i mean anything that that causes a a rip or or bleeding or or a scar like i I, and i'm surprised i i don't see it matt like i don't see the scar at all 
Yeah, I don't think you actually did scar, which was huh. I was kind of lucky from that. I yeah, guess. Yeah, you really yeah. the lip scar, <laughs> scarlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but but to quickly talk about my uh, my uh, experience, I ha- I have two. Believe it or not, I have two really bad childhood experiences um, that that came up. So. Um, the first one that I want to talk about, uh, obviously, was um, when I was in preschool. Um, when I was in preschool, uh, I was at Fun and Games in Honesdale. Um, with Fun and Games in Honesdale, what happened was um, I was playing this game, and I ended up uh, running back and forth. So the, it was a soccer game. So I was running back and forth, and I decided to be like, okay, like I'm going to get the run up, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to kick the ball and try to score a goal. My mom was there. What I didn't realize was there was carpet and there was a park bench. I mean, it, there was park benches inside the, um, you know, there was park benches inside the, the the fun and game center. I ran, kicked the ball, and I think I, I scored. And I ran back. I tripped on the carpet and I hit my head off the park bench. Oh, man. And I was bleeding. Like, it was bad. As a, somebody in preschool, like, I was bleeding profusely. Um, my mom actually followed up with the story, not actually too long ago, Easter. Um, she followed up the story that she was actually pregnant with, um, my brother Philip and like she, not that she was keeping it a secret, but like, obviously it wasn't formulated enough yet, but like my mom was carrying me out of fun and games going to the hospital. And like, she of course, like was carrying me and everybody was like, oh my goodness, like, why are you carrying Mike? Like we need, here, give me, give me Mike. Like, (laughs) and, um, that was my first trip to the hospital. I did not get stitches. I actually got glued shut. Um, you actually still see the scar that's above my forehead, um, till this day. Um, and my mom was kind of like in the hospital a little bit too, because she, I think was low, her blood sugar became low from oh, trying to work so like it was a double you know a double a dub- double whammy <laughs> double whammy with that but thankfully i i'm okay and philip is born so <laughs> yeah um, that's pretty traumatic to have uh, happen oh my preschool. goodness like and and the worst i mean knock knock on wood the worst i've ever had was um a splint on my finger i've never had broken bones i've never had um anything in general so i've been very fortunate but like having that was like awful but um, my second childhood experience, well, not childhood experience, but I can, I can probably say it's a childhood experience. Um, I was 15, and I was going to a baseball game. I didn't understand the way of the land when it came to the baseball complex. So there was a bridge that you were able to cross above the road. I didn't know how to get there. So what I did was I hopped the fence, and I crossed the street. Crossing the street, I was about middle of the street. I was wearing cleats. A truck decides to come flying by. Oh, no. I fall. Oh, no. Like, I'm pain, like, flat pain in there. And luckily, I get up out of the way, and the truck flies by. And I'm like, oh. So, so I, did course, not, I did not like where that was going. No. So, of course, I'm <laughs> frazzled. I'm completely frazzled. And there was another car that walked by, and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then, like, here's me, like, trying to sprint to the game because I was late to it top of the first you know actually bottom of the first because we were we were the away team bottom of the first comes by i'm playing first base first ball that gets hit is a slow grounder to between the pitcher's mound and first base okay. pitcher takes it flops it to me i'm in the middle of the base guy just comes and just whacks me like just yep. hits me clocks me like you've seen like at home collisions like this was a first base collision and yeah, like they, those happen too yeah i but as a first baseman, never knew that was a thing. So on top of me almost getting hit by a truck, I theoretically got hit by a truck because this dude was very large. Um, yep. And that was, I never, ever got in the middle of first base ever again because I did not want that to happen. So. Yeah, I played first base for one year too. And you really don't realize like how quick and like how dangerous playing first base is. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. But I, I think that was well, a really good, uh, you know, for you, at least, with the whole lip cut, like that—that—that's a little traumatic to me, as far as mine. Uh, I mean, I got the ice cream for like three days straight, so <laughs> yeah. that was kind of cool. But yeah, uh, pretty. Yeah, sweet. luckily, I, I feel like both of our traumatics—they weren't super traumatic. Like at least, like we didn't suffer any severe injuries. Yeah, which I think is a good thing. I also never broke a bone. 
in yeah, my life. Good so. for you, man. Good for you. So that's uh, really, really good for that. So, um, but yeah, if you have any childhood experiences, let us know and we could possibly talk about it during the podcast. I don't know if that'd be a thing, Absolutely. but we're going to move, yeah. we're going to do that and just, you know, we're going to make this as interactive as possible. But um, speaking of sports, Matt, we're actually going to throw it onto you in the next segments of, of sports. Matt's a very sports fanatic, sports management, what he graduated with. And, you know, he's got some insights, he's got some stuff, but he also has a very special segment that you want to stick around for the very end of the show. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, the first segment that I have today, so what I'm going to be covering is basically the sports. Mm-hmm. And the two that I have today, well, the three that I have today, uh, they're really going to cover like the business side of the sport. Okay. So first, let's go into, uh, let's go to the NFL draft. So the NFL draft uh, is, well, when this comes out, the first round will have been yesterday. Uh, one of the biggest storylines is Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Um, so a year ago, he was projected to be the number one pick. Uh, this October or November, uh, he fractured his hip, and there was concerns on if he was ever going to even play football again. Um, but he has healed from the injury. Um, but the big question surrounding him and his draft status is where he's going to get picked in the draft. So he's had a lot of injuries before in his past at Alabama. Um, he's had surgery on both ankles. Uh, I believe he had a shoulder injury and a finger injury and now the hip injury. Um so a lot of teams are concerned that he's very injury prone and they might not want to take him that early on in the draft, uh, which can obviously have a big effect on the amount of money he makes. I mean, first round picks, they get more years on their first contract and more money. Um, so I just wanted to throw out like what team's strategy should be when drafting a player that's injury prone, because we've seen running quarterbacks in the NFL get injured a lot mm-hmm. and they have success early on. And then they, the injuries start piling up and they can't do the things that they did when they first entered the league. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts on like what a team's strategy should be for drafting a mobile quarterback, a young mobile quarterback, but someone who's already had like an injury history in college. I think you know um, obviously with with the draft, it's going to be a unique situation for all. I don't I don't think it's really going to be just based on injury. I mean we're we're talking about health. We're talking about the health of players. Um, we're coming off, of course, the coronavirus. By the time I, we would hope the the NFL season would officially start. But I think what what we really need to keep an eye on for, for those athletes is depending on the potential. And it's really dependent upon the person, too. Um, I'll just take, for instance, and I know this is a different sport, but the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets decided to draft, well, actually decided to trade um, for Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant was going to be out all season next season. So really, it's... The first draft, whoever I mean, uh, who who's who's got the first draft pick? This uh, for uh, the Bengals do, and they're probably going to take Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU. So, so, so even with that, I mean, people kind of have to keep in mind, like, what exactly do I want out of this? And you know, especially with um, the hip injury and all that, like, obviously, it's it's very much so a, a thing to keep in mind um, because does that mean you pick up another quarterback? Does that mean you pick up another running back? Like. Do you work your cap space out where you're trying to figure out, you know, what what's the best thing for me to do in order for me to actually have the best team possible, even when something if and when something does happen to my best quote best player in that. So I think it's just really a matter of in it for the individual, but also in it for the team as well, because I think you asked me about like the team itself. But I mean, heck, if if he wants to to take almost the hit as far as the contract and the amount of playing time for him to get better, it's really up to him. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's the things that uh, teams are trying to figure out. Like do like he's projected right now to go like fifth or sixth pick in the draft. Um, but if teams have of such concern over his, his injury, they could try to wait to see if he falls in the second round, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but I think it's tough because he has so much potential. I mean, he came in as a backup in the national championship game and brought Alabama back from a deficit and they won the game. Like he threw like a 40 yard touchdown to win the game. So he has so much potential and it's just, we've seen this before with running quarterbacks, RG three, RG three had maybe the best rookie season out of any quarterback ever. And he's not even a starter in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was only like seven years ago. And, and then- they're kind of like the same style. And it's just, uh, it's sad for the players. Cause like they can really play. But at the same time, the teams have to make a business decision in this. 
Well, and I also think too, Matt, we got to take a look at the college perspective too. We're, we're, we we went to a Division three school, so um, football to the professional league was really not that common. But we're taking a look at the amount of toll that some of these players have gotten in college. College, nonetheless, um, really boggles down their you know years of playing, and especially how much of a contact sport football is. I really think it's really a a. It's almost a, I don't want to say it's a death sentence, but that's that's what I think right now. It's a death sentence. Like you're going to play for four years, or depending two or three, depending on when you get drafted to the NFL, um, and you end up getting this really massive injury. Well, it's like anybody who gets gets in a car accident. I don't want to be in that car again because I don't want to have that same exact experience. I got a, a neck injury. You're literally feeling that neck injury for the rest of your life because of that car accident. Um, and I think that's just something that we have to keep in mind when when we're looking at these players is how much toll was taken in college. I mean, obviously, we'd have to sit there and watch every play that they do throughout their college career. But you really can get kind of a sense as far as injury-prone people and just those who will have a sustainable season in no matter sport that we think of yeah i mean if you look at andrew luck who was first round pick or first overall pick a few years ago uh missed the i think he missed the full two seasons because of injury and he just retired this offseason at 29 and he was fully healthy like he went through training camp was going to be the starter and then like a week and a half before the season started he just retired because he didn't want to risk his body getting injured anymore so you just never know what personal reasons are going to come in. Here to do. Yeah, Matt. I mean, the, the, Andrew Luck. That's five years difference from us. Like, yeah. How uh, could you imagine giving up your career at twenty nine? I mean, that's like the prime of his career. Like they were expected to to do good things. They were probably going to win the division with him, and then he just up and leaves. It's, yeah, it's mind boggling, but at the same time, you can't blame him because it's their health. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, uh, to kind of throw it back on you before we hop into the next segment, what? is your take where is specifically where where's your top five going to land and or or whoever you have in in mind and uh you know I, i'm kind of curious to hear that because obviously this podcast will be released the day after so i wanted to just put it so in you writing. want like who i think is going in the top five yeah like put it in writing let's put it in audio who you oh, think man. is gonna be top five this is tricky uh i'm gonna say joe burrow is gonna go number one to the Bengals, because that's probably obviously going to happen. And then Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State, is going to go to the Redskins, because a lot of people have him as the best player available. It's just the Bengals are going to take Burrow because they need a quarterback. Three, we have the Lions. I'm going to say Jeffrey Okuda, I believe is his name, uh, cornerback from Ohio State. Four is the Giants, which is tricky because they said they might trade down. If they keep the pick, I'll say Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. And five is the Dolphins, and I'm going to say they don't take Tua. I'm going to say they take the quarterback from Oregon, Justin Herbert. And other than that, I have no idea, because who else? <laughs> like, no one knows. <laughs> Matt, if you get all those correct, we got to go play the lottery next, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that to the bank. Uh, moving on to the next segment, we're going to keep it with uh, college prospects and high school prospects. Uh, so this week, Jalen Green... Uh, decided to skip college, and he's going to go to the G League. So Jalen Green, uh, a lot of people had him as the number one recruit in the country. He had offers from Memphis, Oregon, Auburn, and others, and so pyro prize schools, big schools, good schools. Um, and instead, he's going to go straight to the G League. So for those who don't know, the G League is kind of like the minor leagues in the NBA. Um, probably the biggest turning point for him is his salary is going to be $500,000. So coming from the NCAA where he wouldn't really have been allowed to make anything, uh, it's understandable why he went that way. Uh, He's also going to be getting a full-ride scholarship so he can uh, finish his college education whenever he chooses. Um, And there's another prospect, uh, Isaiah Todd, who I believe was around like the number 15 prospect in the country, uh, who decommitted decommitted from Michigan this week, uh, and he's also going to be joining the G League. I don't know if he's going to be getting the same salary, but it's interesting to see the NCA for years and years. They've kind of stuck their foot in the ground and saying we're not going to pay our players. You can't make name off the, or can't make profit off your own likeness. And now they lost two uh, top fifteen recruits this week, just to uh, so they can make money. And even in Jalen Green's case, they can uh, 
you know, finish their college education whenever they're ready. So I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the NCAA responds. I don't know what your thoughts are on the situation. I think for at least take, taking it from the G League itself, I, I mean, if I had to pick which organization, which sports organization has its stuff together, I feel like it's the NBA. Um, I agree. I could totally take on that and saying yes, like this. This is who this is. This is the perfect model that other organizations should, should follow. Um, I, and I don't know if it's just me playing a lot of two K a lot and listening to the commentators when I'm playing, but you know they certainly. I mean that's that is the model. Like you know I I know with us like in our time, Matt. Like when our time, like you have the LeBron James, the Kevin Garnett. You have those people who went straight from high school to uh, to professional basketball and you know we, we've seen some very illustrious careers we're still viewing some illustrious careers but even these things where you know the the g league i mean yeah the g league is very mm-hmm. much so a career choice like absolutely for yeah. them to to work out and be able to you know say okay um you either can go to college or you can be in the development league for X amount of years. And if you are you got the stuff, we'll hit you up. If not, you can go back to college. Honestly, if you're that good of a ball player, I would rather myself take on the G League with the salary and the opportunity to go back to college instead of going through the traditional route. Because really, the most thing you're experiencing, and, and I think you and I can both relate finally, is the college experience. That's the reason why high school students want to go to college is for that college experience. Now, I don't mean that in the negative term and it's all parties and, you know, chicks or guys or whatever you prefer and, you know, being able to to hang out and party. But it's really just that vibe of school spirit and that camaraderie from a student body. But you go to the G League, you're making much more than you would in college. And now you're having the more opportunity of becoming an NBA professional player based on you developing in the G League. So I really think it's it's not a dumb move. I really don't think it's a dumb move. Now, what I'm a little afraid of, I think, is you'll start to see more individuals who, you know, we have, you know, we have the LeBron James, the Zion Williamson's, the Kobe Bryant's, the um, Derek Rose's, Dwayne Wade's of the generation. But you get these individuals that may not be the best like you may not be in up those categories and they may jump to the G League and then they may just be done. Like I, I think that developmental process is a little bumped, but I really think that the um it's a good route. I I, I can't argue that it's not a good route. I agree. I I mean what high school kid is gonna turn down five hundred thousand dollars to go play you know, minor league basketball, basically, when you're 18 years old. No one. They're absolutely going to take that. And this is why the NCAA needs to find a way. Now, I don't necessarily necessarily believe that college athletes should get paid, but if they're going to start losing top recruits and it's going to start affecting, you know, the quality of college basketball, then the NCAA needs to find some way to let them make profit off their own name or maybe to give them a little bit of a stipend that they get. But they can't just sit here and not do anything because the G League is just going to snatch these players up from underneath mm-hmm. them. And then the NCAA, the product, the quality of the game for college basketball is just going to go down. Absolutely. And I think I was reading in an article today about um, some program cuts just based on the coronavirus. Obviously, this this damn virus has been keeping up on every topic that we talk about. But um, with the coronavirus, I, I saw that the NCAA lost... $327 million because of the cancellation of March Madness. Yeah, they make most of the, really the only two sports they make money off of are football and basketball. And I think based on that, like $327 million, like, I, I, is it LeBron? How much LeBron gets paid? I don't mean, I, uh, like per, per year, I think he maybe gets like 30, around 30. So it's not even as much as a LeBron salary. Like, yeah. I think you can give somebody a stipend, right? Whether it's a thousand, like I don't want to say it's a thousand because a thousand is not livable, but maybe if you give each player ten thousand a year or ten thousand based or five thousand even, just so as you have that benefit. I mean, yeah, it's a full ride to begin with, but just because it's a full ride doesn't mean they're going to suffer based on the full ride of going to college and going to work and going to all these things. Like, I, I think you know, 
NCAA has really their backs against the wall as far as what's exactly going to happen with them. They absolutely do. And then it becomes the fact of, is it ethical to pay the football and basketball players more just because they get more money? And what happens to the lower sports that don't get as much attention or don't bring as much money in? And then it's on the college athletic directors to figure out what sports can we have so we can fund the sports that do make us money. I think it's a ticking time bomb. I don't know what's going to happen with the NCAA. I'm very intrigued to see what they do, but they definitely need to act fast. Mm-hmm. And what would, what would you do? Because I know you want to be an aspiring athletic director of sorts. Like, what, what would be your take as far as recruiting? I think the best thing that they could do, and again, I don't think there's any scenario that's perfect. I think people are going to hate it or love it no matter what they do. The best thing that I can think of is maybe let them profit off their own name and likeness. Whether that's, you know, if they sell... Let's take Zion, for example. If he was a freshman at Duke again, and they sold 100 Duke jerseys with his name on the back, whether he gets a cut of that, or let them go get their own sponsorships. Like, I'm sure Nike or Under Armour or Zion signed with Jordan Brand, they would have signed him going right out of high school if he could play a year in college. Um, I think that's the most reasonable way, but I don't think that it's going to be as easy as people think. Especially, you know... (laughs) Especially that incident that Zion had with, um, I think it was the, with his the, shoe. the shoe. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, I mean, that was like the top story on ESPN the next day. It was, how is that going to affect his shoe deal when he goes to the NBA? Yeah, well, I, you could tell he definitely deterred away from his previous brand of shoe that he was wearing yeah. in comparison to yeah. what the current shoe that he's currently wearing now. Um, but but I think you're right, Matt. It, it really is a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Should we uh, go to the final segment, my good sir? <sighs> So let me introduce this. Yes. So I had the idea to end every show with a segment called Take It. So what this entails is I will find an internet debate of the day or something that's been trending on Twitter for a few days, something that hopefully we can get in a heated argument about. <laughs> Matt just wants to fight. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think I have a good one today if you're ready for it. It is not sports related. Okay. It is, it is quite out there. Oh, God. But we've, uh, I'd actually, I'd never really seen this on Twitter, but we had this debate at work a few months ago. All right. And it had the office in a buzz. Okay. So, here we go. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? 50 duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? <laughs> now, there's a, there's a lot to think into this. This is a lot to handle. Let me say it one more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let me let me repeat it one more time. All right, focus, focus, because I'm like totally yes, teary eyed. I told you so I was funny. out there. You can expect more of this every week. Go ahead. All right, so fifty duck-sized horses. So duck-sized horses, which means yes. the horse is the size of a duck. Correct. Okay. Or one horse-sized duck. Who wins in a fight? I think it's pretty clear, but I want to have you. Uh, I'm going to go with the 50. Okay, I, that's the right answer. I, I think that's the right answer. All right, well, because, that's the end of the show. <laughs> because, like, what is the duck going to do? It's a duck. It's going to quack, and it's going to exactly. bite. It's, it's going to bite, bite you. Yeah, but it's the horses are strong. Like just because the horses are the size of a duck, they're all still right. Strong. Now this is where the the argument comes in. What are they going to do? Stomp on them? There's 50 of them. <laughs> There's 50 of them. Okay. What but, is one duck going to do? Fly away? The horse is just going to chase him. So if it's the size... See, this is where the, this is where the argument comes in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if the duck, the size of a horse... So let's let's expand that a little bit. If the size of the horse... I mean, the si- see, this is where it gets confusing. The size of the duck is as big as a horse. The beak is going to be much larger. So if we're going like no holds bars, I think it's going to eat the horse. Because what's the horse? What what is it going to do? Uh, uh, You think a duck is going to eat a horse? If it was a no holds barred, Matt. First of all, ducks can't even like they can't bite like they bite you. It's just like it doesn't even like hurt. Like it's just like a it's like a beak. So, So you've been bitten by a duck, Matt. I know people that said they got bit by a duck and it doesn't hurt. <laughs> like the duck has no fighting ability. There's 50 horses. You think one duck can take out 50 horses? Uh, that see, sounds like where you're going. See, I feel like that's where I'm going, but unfortunately, I'm I'm in strength in numbers. However, 
I feel like based on the duck being the size of the horse and then as small as the horse, like what, what's the horse going to do? What are the horses going to do? It could bite the duck. Do and horses bite? Leg. Do horses and then they bite? Just stamp, stampede it. I have not heard one individual been bit by a horse. I've heard them been kicked by a horse. Okay. Well, there you go. They can kick the duck. So they're just going to start kicking? <laughs> yeah. They're horses. So what's what they're going to do? See, my argument is it. Okay. So, so here, here's a little bit of a follow-up question. Is the duck. Yep. Is the duck the same weight as if it would be as large as a horse? I think it's just the duck. It, I think it's still the same weight. So it's still the same weight. Yeah. Because I would argue. Yeah, I that, mean, you could say, okay, you could say it's a little bigger, but it's not going to be like a 500 pound duck. So, so I guess <laughs> it's a lot of duck. And obviously the, the 50 horses aren't going to be as strong as they would be grown. Yeah. So from what, from my, from my thought is I'm able to pick up a duck with my hands. Yep. If it was a regular sized duck. But if I was picking up a duck the size of a horse, I'm sure it's not going to be the same weight as if I picked up a regular sized duck. Correct. So my argument is it would stomp on the horses because of the web feet. And yeah, but the horses are still strong. The weight of the duck is going to crush the horse. You, all the horse, all one horse, one of the 50, the brave horse, all he has to do is injure one leg of the duck and it's out and it's over. Yeah, but like... <laughs> Put it this way, Matt. The duck has webbed feet. If it's the size of a horse, it's going to be big enough for the feet to stomp on a certain amount of horses. Okay, and then you have horses coming on the other side that the duck can't get to. They breaks his life. Do you have horses in the back, Matt? Is that what you're trying to say? There's always horses. There's 50 horses. It's not like they're going to be lined up one by one ready to attack (laughs) this duck. They're going to swarm them. So would it be be in a circular formation or would it be in an attack formation in a V? (laughs) Well, they do you now. Birds fly in V's, so we'll go with a V. Format. You're going to V format. <laughs> yep, yep. We'll go. With v but like, I still okay. Yes, I, I would say the right answer is the fifty, the fifty horses that are the size of the duck. But yep, I don't think the duck would not like. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a no contest. Let me put it that way. I feel like the duck would put up a good fight. There'd be a few casualties. A few casualties, but at yep. the same time, I don't. I don't think it would be like. I don't know. I want to say that the, the fifty, but I also am still. It's definitely the fifty. I. Uh, how how'd your office what, react to it? It was all over the place. <laughs> I think it was just the absurdity of the question. Just had people up in arms about stuff. But <laughs> I I couldn't resist having this one as as their first. Episode. I was just like I was like, where is he going with this? Yeah, they're not always going to be this out there. But uh, to get us started, I thought this would be a, I, a good one to get everyone's minds y'all for a little bit. Y'all should have heard what Matt said in episode zero. If we ever do release that episode, yeah, I was we'll, we'll hold that one furious with the one that yeah, was we, released. We but, oh, but I mean, like, still no. Wait, we still got no. I feel like no. the duck can fly, so the horses wouldn't be able to do anything, and the duck can just whack. Like completely, just like Ducks curb don't, stomp them. Don't, they're not like dragons where they're gonna like breathe fire on the horses. <laughs> yeah, but they curb stomp. Like they could literally just land on the horses and then just like <laughs> keep flying up. But there's fifty <laughs> of them. That's what. I, there's fifty of them. So then the duck is gonna keep flying up and then curb stomping them, like just boom, no, like and no. then go for it. Absolutely not. Matt, I'm kind of, I'm kind of turning change of heart here, man. I really, wrong. I really. Wrong. Feel <laughs> come on the duck has no. flight and the horses do not and if the horses can't reach the duck what's the horses got to do to reach the duck but horses are horses are stronger than a duck also like are our dogs are ducks are their webbed feet that strong or like, yeah they how have strong to swim matt like they have to swim and like they have to like but i don't think it's gonna crush a horse but like you think about it the weight of the large duck versus the small horses now you said the weight is also a factor. Now the strength is also shrink too. It is, but a horse is still strong. Even a mini horse is still strong. It's a horse. It's like a pony. <laughs> yeah, they're still strong. But I think we have the advantage, Matt, of flying. Ducks have the advantage of flying. Okay, so when the duck comes in, 
for your so-called air curb, attack, curb stomp. the horses, the, the air curb stomp, the du- uh, the horses can just run away. But the duck would fly in way too. F- like it's the same. Like uh, yeah, okay. So then, okay. So when duck flies in, the horses, you know, they give their signal, they spread out, so then they can only get one at a time. But they still the like, duck's gonna run out of energy. The duck has. Yeah, to so come is on the horses running away, Matt? Yes, but what I'm saying is the duck's not gonna be able to fly for 20 minutes straight. It's gonna have to come down and take some breaks, and then the horse is gonna bam. <laughs> One <laughs> straight to the gut. <laughs> there's there's no shot this duck wins. No shot. Ah. Well. All right. Let's put it this way. We're probably gonna post this on our social media. Now this is a nice tie-in to to wrap it up. Um, yep. we're, we're on funny business, funny business entertainment. So if you're able to find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, please feel free to follow us and we'll have a debate post up there and, yep. um, we'll certainly get the voting started. And then by next week, we'll certainly have, um, the vote count. Well, yeah, we'll have the vote count by, um, I'd say two episodes from now because we'll run a, we'll run it. Actually, no, we'll have it by the next, ep- next episode, episode two. We'll have the results as far as who, yep wins i will lead off take it with the results of the poll yes yep and then we'll follow up with thoughts concerns and joys and praises so hopefully you you guys have if you guys have any ideas for take it uh feel free to send them in too yes always welcome to uh to listener suggestions yes and make sure if you are listening on apple Podcasts, make sure you rate us five stars and leave us a review because that allows us to be seen by other listeners and other people who are searching for a good podcast to listen to and if you made it this far thank you so much for listening and hopefully you will tune in to the next episode of the funny business podcast stay safe